What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 440. Hapticast, episode 40, live. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Brett Roberts. Hello. HBot has off today. Uh, she's undergoing maintenance. That's right. Thank you guys for joining us for our first ever live yes. version of Hapticast. That's right. Uh, big, big day. We kind of decided to do this last night. We both beat Resident Evil Village. Obviously, from the title, you can see that this is all about Resident Evil Village. This is our live review discussion, Hapticast special, whatever the fuck you want to call it, of Resident Evil Village. We are going to be getting into the weeds of the game, folks. Brett and I both beat it. So here's kind of an overview of how today is going to work. We are going to start discussing just our general thoughts about the game. Non-spoilers to begin. Okay. We'll put up some, some text on the screen so you all know either when you're watching live or coming back to it when we're talking spoilers and when we're not. Um, we're going to start with non-spoilers, give some of our general thoughts and impressions, talk about some of the performance and the features that are in the game, um, and then give you our recommendation. Is it worth buying? What would we score it, grade it? Would we recommend it? Would we not recommend it? Um, and then once we are done that, uh, we will... Um, go into a full spoiler section uh, talking about the game and talk about kind of each chapter just in general. Is there anything else that you want to say before we begin, Brett? Uh, number one, I just adjusted my microphone slightly, turned it up a little bit. Uh, someone said they were having trouble hearing me, so I turned it up. Yeah, I just uh, raised you, know. you as well. Oh, so I'm going to be loud as fuck. All right. Um, the one thing I do want to mention, guys, this is live, so we do want you in the chat. We want you interacting with us. Yep. Um, we want to know what you think. If you're playing the game, let us know in the chat. And also, if you have any questions, uh, you could put them in the chat, and we'll get to them You know, whenever we get to them. But right before we go into the spoiler section, we're going to do a Q&A where we run through any questions that we missed. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's what we're doing. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, so let's start with our non-spoiler section non-spoiler section text is on the screen let's get into it now brett what do you think about resident evil village i think resident evil village is a great game and i had a lot of fun with it um i think that it took the story of resident evil 7 mm -hmm. and made everything come full, full circle I think if you if you didn't play Resident Evil Seven, you're doing yourself you're doing yourself a disservice. You should truly play Seven before you play Eight. Yeah, uh, Seven was you know on our top fifty favorite games of all time list. I believe it was number seventeen for me. I, I just pulled up my list. Um, and Josh, it's it's on yours as well, pretty close to. The yeah, actually, it might be around seventeen as well. Yeah, they they were they were fairly close. Yeah, yeah. So you know we we really liked Resident Evil Seven. Um, so naturally, this is a, a direct sequel, actually, to Resident Evil 7. Mm -hmm. And I think it it really tied everything together, not just for the story of the Winters family and Ethan, but for Resident Evil as a whole, which we can't really say much without spoiling the game. So we'll get into that more in the spoiler section. Mm -hmm. um, but those are my thoughts. I think it's it was a great game. I had a lot of fun with it. And I think it was beautiful and a lot of awesome set pieces. Yeah. So what do you think, Josh? Um, I echo everything that you say. And I'm going to, uh, my impressions, non spoiler impressions, can come down to kind of two things. One is I think 
it does a great job paying not only homage to the entire franchise, right, but also continuing and propelling the story set up in seven forward more, right? Uh, yeah. including when the game is done, right? Where it, the story can go. I'm excited for that. So it pays yes. homage to the previous game, but also previous games in the franchise as a whole. From the characters, right. from little spicy Easter eggs in there, which are spoilery, which we'll get to, to um, actual like story beats, to the gameplay. I think there's always like the two camps of Resident Evil, right? There's the, there's the action-heavy camp, and then there's the survival horror camp, right? Or the horror camp. And you have people that like both. And I know you and I both probably prefer the survival horror more, but we don't mind games like, you know, Resi 4, which is a little more action-heavy in sequences. You know, Resi 3, um, which is definitely a little more action-heavy. We didn't love it, but, you know, we, we don't... I don't think there's necessarily one camp that one of us is in and one of us isn't in, right? You know, I yeah. think we like both of that. And I think this game does a great job of kind of finding a per perfect balance between those different types of games play styles. And then Absolutely. I'll give I'll give you this. Uh, it's my favorite Resident Evil game in the entire franchise. Uh, it's wow. my favorite Resident Evil game for a lot of very specific reasons, but a very specific spoiler reasons, uh, which we will get into uh, later. So, and by the way, as you all just saw, Brett might clip in and out occasionally. That's the nature of doing it live uh, sometimes, but you can still hear him. So apologize, apologies if that happens, but you know, it is what it is. So you're, you're telling me I'm turning invisible as I speak? Uh, you did for a brief second, but it's better now. Okay, no problem. Um, I, I do want to touch back on that, Josh. The perfect blend of the action and horror, survival horror, mm -hmm. couldn't be more correct. This game is not the scariest Resident Evil, nor is it the scariest game. Yeah. I don't really think there's anything in this game that terrified me. Um, wow. I think more so, well, you, I know. When yeah. You get into that. Um, but I think the setting alone is scary, and the world they created is scary. Um, and this, the situations that the characters are put in are scary. Right. But there's nothing in this game that, that is necessarily scary, to me anyway, as a big fan of horror. Mm -hmm. um, but the game perfectly blended horror and action and created a, an experience where I wasn't like, okay, here's the action part. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Here's the horror part. Like with Resident Evil 4, it's very clear when we're going full on action. Right. Um, with games like The Evil Within 1, uh, it's very clear, okay, this is the action part. Right. That doesn't happen in this. No, I don't think any any section in it, right, which is just a, a, to the a credit to the design of the game, right? No section or area or sequence or set piece or trope, right? Whatever it is, none of it overstays its welcome, right? It's all super focused. It's super clean. It is, you know, they get in, you enjoy it, and it doesn't overstay its welcome, which I think some games, it could be like, oh, we really want to do this. And this is this awesome, cool, huge puzzle section. And Resident Evil 8 has puzzle sections, but none of them feel too complicated, too taxing, or too long. Um, and I think every, you could say that about every section of the game, whether it's more action-y, you know, boss fights, more horror-y, whatever it is, it's all really focused and clean. So You're right. And I feel like everything has a purpose. In some Resident Evil games, you'll stumble, stumble across a puzzle, and you're like, oh, here's the puzzle section. I feel like everything was pretty organic in, in Village. Mm -hmm. um, you'd come across the puzzle, and... It wouldn't just be like, oh, go and find this piece and you put it in. Like everything felt like it was there for a reason. Right. Um, uh, and the, the stuff that was puzzly had story 
elements to yes. it that were incredible in my opinion so yes it's very true um i don't know if this is kind of moving on from general thoughts and impressions into the perfor performance and features of the game but i do want to touch on something that some people might not have known about this game and that is it has almost a dark souls yeah. bloodborne approach to its level design yeah in that there is a hub of sorts which is the village and you will travel to different areas mm -hmm. and come across shortcuts that link you back to where you just came from and it is very much like dark souls in that regard uh where you'll you'll go through this whole thing and then you'll come down this path and open a gate that was previously locked and you're like holy shit i am back where i started the game or whatever you know so um i thought that was really cool the whole game is very much like dark souls uh inspired with the world and the castle and the village and, and it's got that bloodborne vibe going on right so um yeah i just thought that, that yeah. was worth mentioning as well no i completely agree to you and the the game um uh lends itself to continued exploration right like you said like a dark souls game you have something now um that you you know makes previous areas kind of uh were that were inaccessible if we're accessible now um and the game pays you via weapons upgrades story treasure. elements treasure money like whatever it is to go back and re-explore those areas and i think that's one of the brilliant things about the actual village kind of hub as it is right is that even as you come back to this area that you've been in since the start more areas within that area are revealed to you uh the further you go on in the game and that's not a new thing in video games right but it's done to perfection in my opinion here yeah. um and with so with moving into the performance and the features it's worth noting that we both played on playstation 5 with yep. ray tracing enabled correct Okay. Um, so for me, I didn't have too many performance issues. Um, you know, the, the ray tracing for this game, I don't feel like it necessarily added too much. You know, there's some shadow and reflection stuff, um, but it it wasn't, you know, anything crazy. Um, I did have some sections, though, thinking about like some of the water sections or I mean, I guess basically everything with anything with like heavy alpha effects so fire, fog, things like that, where my frame rate, you know, tanked. Um, and I could, I could tell, um, but it wasn't enough for me to like, you know, have to be like, okay, I got to turn this off because the performance is like piece of shit. So for me, I actually, it's funny to think about, but when a game has great performance, mm -hmm. you don't think about it. You know what I mean? You're just kind of playing the game. If it has bad performance, you're going to be like, oh my God, this thing keeps crashing. It keeps taking me out of it. I didn't have any issues with Resident Evil okay. Village at all. Not a single one, not a crash, not an FPS drop that I noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the game ran perfect for me. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe I just didn't notice it. Mm -hmm. uh, but when a game does it well, usually you don't notice it because it's not a it's true. It's not bringing it to yeah. attention, you know? Um, I think some people have more, of, um, I don't know, are more susceptible, I guess, to noticing FPS oh, drops sure. and things like that. For sure. Um, and I am one of those people, which is why I have such a hard time with the VR. Um, is that I like, I'd be like, Oh, there goes a frame and there's another frame and there's a frame. And I like fixate on it to the point where yeah. it like bothers me if I notice it. So, well, it's funny you mentioned VR, Josh, because we did mm -hmm. not get VR for resident evil village, which I know disappointed us mm -hmm. and a lot of our subscribers as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, with that said, now that we've both beat it, you see why they didn't put VR in? you think they still could have done it with VR. What are, what are your thoughts? On that. I still could have done it. Um, 
even without getting spoilery, there are some segments that cutscenes go into third person, which is obviously a little different. You wouldn't be able to do that necessarily in VR. Um, but for the most part, the game stays in first person literally the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. So could they have done it? Absolutely. Why didn't they do it? I'll tell you why. PSVR 2 is not ready yet. Uh, you can't make PSVR um, work with PS5 games right now. There's no PS5 game that works with PSVR 1. Mm -hmm. So they would have had to delay the next-gen version in order to make this thing playable in VR. And I, I don't think they were willing to do that. Makes sense That's to me. Take, anyway. Yeah, um, I, think, I still think the game could work in VR. Um, I definitely think there's sections where mm, maybe it's almost too sprawling or action heavy that might be clunky in vr that maybe they didn't want to sacrifice their vision to you know try to yeah. get the whole thing playable in vr um like resident evil 7 was um and i think from a setting standpoint too resident evil 7 is much more uh, uh confined you know For smaller sure. yeah. than 8 is i will say there are many sections in this game that i would have loved to experience in vr oh absolutely for sure for so sure many cool parts to to have in vr for sure. Um, so one thing I, I want to touch on now, we played on the PlayStation 5 version. Obviously, the DualSense controller has the HD rumble and the adaptive triggers. A lot of cool features there with the DualSense. How did you like the the adaptive triggers while you were playing the game? Um, mostly, I think they're fine. Um, I think some some guns were way too much. Uh like the the sniper rifle the first time i was like this is ridiculous my fingers are going to be so tired now if you've watched our live streams listen you know the sniper rifle is my uh weapon of choice um and i was using it probably more than any other weapon in the game uh and it it's a little much it was a little yeah. it was a little too much um but what i will say on the flip side of that is i think it, it did a good job of making every weapon feel distinct um, with the trigger pulls, both aiming and shooting. Um, and, you know, if I was in the heat of the moment, I could tell kind of which gun I was using um, based off of that. I also, what is a really cool subtle touch is that when you're empty, right, the, it, there's no uh, tension on your trigger pull. Yeah. Um, yep. So you, you can be like, oh, I got to reload without having to like look or go through menus or anything like that. So, yeah. So I actually liked it. Um, again, I liked how all, like you said, it made every gun feel different. Um, and I actually think kind of similar to your point with Resident Evil 4, how the stop and shoot type thing uh, added to the horror of the game. Mm -hmm. I feel like the trigger pulls added to the horror of the game because mm -hmm. there were moments where I needed to quickly, you know, get my gun out and shoot. And like, I had to like push and I'm pushing hard as shit just to make this gun aim down the site. And then I have to push to make it shoot. It added to the tension for me. Yeah, um, especially in the boss, some of the boss fights that are quick and fast, and there's something chasing you with an axe, mm -hmm. and you have to quickly, you know, shoot your shotgun off on them. Mm -hmm. There is one thing though that kept happening with my DualSense controller, and it was when the game would leave your control and go from your playing to a cutscene or something where you wouldn't necessarily move. Uh, I felt the controller just let up on the triggers mm -hmm. like I, and it made a noise. It was like pop. And like my triggers bounced, like it had a little bit of tension and then it went pop as if yeah. like it was letting go essentially. Right. I feel like other games have done that a lot more fluidly and cleanly. If I don't know how to put it, like 
the transition from the triggers working like that to not working like that was a lot smoother. Yeah. Um, in this, it just like, they were like, all right, let go. And they let go of the adaptive triggers uh, shit. Yeah. So they could have yeah. definitely implemented better design um, and using what is there in the cutscenes, uh, like a lot of games have done. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to bring up one thing while we're still in this performance slash feature section, um, something that the game has gotten a lot of flack for um, and something that I would agree with. Um, but I, for me, I can work around it. Um, there is like zero accessibility features, uh, mm. in the game, like zero. Um, there's no colorblind options for me. Uh, there's no, like the, the subtitles are terrible. You can hardly read them in some sections cause they're so small and white with like no outline. Um, so as far as accessibility goes, uh, the game's pretty shit, uh, when it comes to that, um, and I don't know how, I, I guess maybe it's probably because it's a Japanese company, honestly. Um, they are, you know, historically not good with shit like that and don't care. Um, so I don't know. I think I think that's worth a, a merits kind of a conversation uh, that it's 2021. You still can't put basic accessibility features in the game, but I don't know. Yeah, it's um, a great point. Another thing I want to talk about is there's two things. Number one, uh, the Resident Evil 4 inspirations and features that were added mm. from Resident Evil 4, the inventory system. Yep. Um, I feel like it was a great homage to Resident Evil 4, but I don't think that they took it to the point that they needed to take it to mm. um, for it to truly be Resident Evil 4's inventory mm. system. By that, I mean grenades stacked, mm. uh, healing items would stack, Um you truly never, I truly never had any moment where I was like, I have no room. Like I never, Yep. that, that whole thing never happened with me. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it was something that they put in there, but that didn't feel necessary uh, or as impactful as it does in Resi 4, which did it so well. Uh, and I think part of that has to do with uh, grenade stacking. I think part of that has to do with, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like I never was missing out on something by not having a specific weapon type. Um, whereas like in Resident Evil 4, like you need a rocket launcher. Like you need that rocket launcher a couple times. I don't feel like in this game there was any boss fight or enemy where I was like, oh, I need this gun. I feel like I could kill them handily with whatever I had ammo for at the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It just, it wasn't as weighty. It was there as like an homage, but it didn't matter. I don't know literally like they they just put it in and they didn't really care to it almost felt like it was an afterthought like they didn't go all the way with it you know what i mean yeah um another feature that they added to this game was hunting and cooking yes again is another feature that i feel like they added and didn't necessarily have much weight mm -hmm. i feel like i explored really well and i went around the entire map and i you know i did everything i i possibly could in my 12 hours with the game or so mm -hmm. and i feel like I didn't come across enough animals to make all the dishes. And then I had extra meat that wouldn't apply to any of the dishes that I had available to cook. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I just, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't, I like the mechanic of being able to increase your health and your stamina and all of that. And I, I like that you have to hunt to get it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's cool. And it fits the village aesthetic, but for me, I just felt like it was kind of a, you know, tacked on thing that didn't quite work for me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It uh, never felt necessary. 
Yeah. Um, now yeah. maybe that changes at uh, you know harder difficulties. Um, you know, for you played on regular difficulty, I played on casual. Um, don't at me. I played on casual because I didn't want to really grind my fucking cock into a wall. I just wanted to enjoy the game. Um, but it never. There, I feel like there's a lot of superfluous elements that they added to this game that are fine. Like they're cool ideas, right? We're nice homages, but they never um mattered almost yeah um christian says in the chat on the topic of accessibility in the settings in the game were there any that you guys felt were necessary to apply that were in the game like turning off motion blur or something okay yeah that's actually a great point christian i turned off um the uh camera like turned off the sway the bob all the shit with the, like the gun where you'd like walk and it's like this um, and the um, aim acceleration. I turned all of that shit off. It all fucked me up. It was bad. I turned aim assist off. I think all of those features are shit and garbage. And I don't really know why they're on by default. Like I don't, I don't, when I'm playing a first person game, right? I understand it might be there to ground you or whatever, but I don't want to see the gun go. When I'm fucking walking, dude, it's annoying. It's annoying. So I actually didn't turn any of them off. No, oh, you're so bad. When I played the demo, the village demo, it was super jarring, and I turned it off. The motion, uh, the bob, when you would play yeah. the sway or whatever, I turned that off. In the base game, I just kept it all on. I didn't have any problem. I didn't get sick. A lot of people were saying they got motion sickness. I didn't get it. I was fine. I was completely fine. But I understand why people would want to turn those things off because for some reason it hit me when I was playing the village demo. It just didn't hit me again mm -hmm. when I played but the full game. My thing is in a game where ammo is so is the resource, right? Mm -hmm. Why do I want extra effects animations on my screen that are going to distract me from just aiming down sights and shooting? Oh, that's a great point. They're That's, just trying to make a more cinematic experience, I guess. Well, I, I understand that. And I think there's an argument to be made that, yeah, that probably grounds the character more uh, in the world. But uh, I don't need it. Speaking of ammo, what did you think of the crafting feature that they added in this game? Again, I think it's cool. I, I don't... I, I would have almost rather them just take all of those crafting items that they had in the world and just and just make it ammo <laughs> instead. Just make it ammo and healing items. And um, that's also as part of, you know, that inventory argument that we made, right? Is that, okay, you get herbs and all this other stuff, but they don't take up inventory space. They go into your crafting thing. So having to barter with yourself about what items you're keeping and you have to craft healing items and crafting larger healing items and things like that it never like it just kind of detracted from it and never felt super necessary i would, I would have rather it just been regular healing items and ammo on the ground and i also think what i don't like that that the health indicator i hated it in this game i never fucking understood what the fuck was going on probably because guess what it goes back to the colorblind thing. It's all the same fucking color to me. I never knew yeah. what my health was. I was like, I don't know if I'm dying. I don't know if I'm good. But every time I got hit, I was like, I'm just going to heal because I don't really know where my health is at. I would have much rather preferred it was like Resident Evil 4 where it's a bar and it's very clear where your health is. Yeah, I feel, again, this was like a cinematic choice where they wanted to make your screen as clear as possible. Mm -hmm. Your health only pops up when you take damage, really. Right. Um. And it's very quick too. It just have it shows up and it like fades away. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that the only time I would heal was when my screen turned red and I was like, I am going to die and I would heal really quickly. Um, so yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, one more thing for the performance aspect, Josh, mm -hmm. in no way is this game a one take game, but I no. feel like it did a very good job of hiding loading screens and almost being a one take game. Yeah. Uh, it's not until like some of the later chapters where they take you out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like a first-person game that almost is one take, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't actually think I saw any loading screens at all. And if I did, it was like a fade but down and fade up, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. At least that I can remember, um, which is a good thing, because if I can't remember it, then clearly yeah, it didn't I take track. I think a track. lot of the times they hid the loading screens with ladders, like you'd be climbing or, or going down a ladder. Oh, yeah. Or an elevator. You'd be going on an elevator, and it would yeah. the level. And, and you could see that, too. Um, I noticed some hitching when I entered new areas, right, which would be indicative of, like, okay, that's loading in. Not that it's yep. it really detracts from anything. It's just, you know, obviously you can't have the entire world loaded at one time. That's right. So, all right. Before we move into the spoiler section, Brett, let's finish off our non-spoilers by saying – you know from each of us is it worth buying you know do we recommend it and if you had to give it a rating what would you do okay you want me to go first yeah go ahead so if you're a fan of resident evil if you're a fan of survival horror uh this is a no-brainer you have to pick it up for the story alone the gameplay is great the setting is fantastic um the set pieces are great the characters are great it's a resident evil game unlike any other resident evil game mm -hmm. and i even say that with resident evil 7 as well it's it's even more different than 7 was um would i recommend buying it it's it's a tough sell the game is 70 dollars if you're playing on the playstation 5 um or 80 if you're getting the deluxe edition which i did so i'm coming at this is it worth it for 80 dollars? which is my experience mm -hmm. i say yeah i think that this is a you know solid on normal difficulty a solid 12 hour cinematic uh survival horror action adventure game um the story does some crazy things some twists and turns it ties everything together seven eight and the whole franchise of resident evil um there is some recency bias i did just beat it last night so i am a little more high on it uh than i might be in a week or two this game is a 4.5 out of 5 or a 5 uh, I think it was a five going into this, but as we talked about some of our, you know, small gripes with it, it lowered it down to like a 4.5. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely worth it. If you're a casual gamer, um, you know, you're going to get 12 hours out of this thing or or even like how much, how many hours did it take you? Uh, about the same, a little over 10. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you're on if you're super easy difficulty, by the way. Yeah. If you're going into this thing, you're going to get this super, super, super long thing. You're not. Um, if you don't have a lot of money and you know you have to get the most bang for your buck in terms of like the gameplay and, and how much you could do in it, um, sure, you can replay the story over and over again. You can play it on different difficulties. You could even play the mercenaries mode, mm. uh, which you unlock afterwards. Uh, but again, I, I truly don't know if it's you know going to be value to you. If you're a fan of this kind of stuff, absolutely. If you're a fan of seven, no brainer, you got to play it. So yeah, that's where I'm at. 
Um, I agree. I absolutely would recommend it. I also paid $80 for it um, for the digital deluxe uh, version of it. I think it's worth it. Um, I think there's a lot of replayability as well. Like with a lot of Resident Evil games, you can go back on higher difficulties. You can go back and get stuff that you missed. If you're a completionist, trophies, achievements, you know, whatever it might be. There's a lot there. Um, you also have the mercenaries mode um, and all of it leads to like unlocking new weapons and stuff like that, um, which then you can use in the campaign, including a fucking lightsaber uh, that you can get a double bladed one too um so there's stuff like that so there's some replayability aspect of it there um i would recommend it for fans of resident evil franchise i think you will be uh very happy with the directions that the story goes and things that you see in the campaign um as well as all of the different types of gameplay styles my rating I came into this being like a five. I would say, you know, probably more like a 4.5 or 4.75 now, um, thinking about some of the things that we just discussed. So yep. uh, there you have it. Uh, Haptic Intel recommends it. It's got our seal of approval on it. Play it. Yep. We like it. Brett. What's up? It's spoiler time. All right. So this is very exciting because you and i kind of were playing together at the same time for a little bit and then we both finished the game by ourselves so i haven't talked to you about really the end of the game at all that's right so before we hop in let's just everybody we are about to get into spoilers you can see it on the screen this is a spoiler section coming up if you have not beaten the game or don't want to get spoiled leave now go away please go away right now this is your final warning spoilers are about to happen we're, we're literally going to go through every chapter in the game and talk about it so right now yeah spoilers okay brett yep. we start off the game right in the prologue you are yep. ethan about three years after the events of resident evil 7 you and mia are together and you have a kid rose that's right what is there to say uh, you got relocated to Europe. That's right. Because of everything that happened at the Baker house. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Ryan and Christian. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> You're a bad time to join. Yes, we're getting into the spoiler section. This will be yeah. up on our channel afterwards, though, if you want to check it out, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they relocate Chris Redfield uh, relocates you to Europe. Right. And you're living your life with your Ethan's living his life with his wife and his daughter. That's right. Um, Everything's going great until Chris Redfield fucking comes in the house. Cops in there and literally fucking melts Mia. And you literally yeah. just watch her get obliterated. So you just put your kid down, right? And yeah. Chris comes in, they fucking eviscerate Mia, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Right? You and don't Chris know. Chris was, Chris, sir, like, is there to protect you. Yes. And your which, family. Which, as he says at the end of the game, yeah, he probably should have just told you from the get-go everything, but obviously then you wouldn't have a game. Then you wouldn't have any mystery behind it. You wouldn't know what was going on. And Chris is like, Ethan, we need your daughter. We need you. You're coming with us. Mia's dead. We don't know what the hell is going on. He pulls you out, and then you wake up in this abysmal place later. Now, two things, Brett, before we move on from the prologue, because I know it's the shortest section. I noticed two, two notes in the house. Two Well, a note in a book. Okay. Mm -hmm. One, 
Ethan makes some kind of offhanded comment that he like went underwent military training or something like that. In his study, there is a book about firearms use and crafting from who somebody who I believe is related to the weapons guy in Resident Evil 2. Mm. I forget his name off the top of my head, but I recognize the last name. I was like, why does that name sound familiar? I looked it up. It's the same last name as the weapons smith guy that made you that handgun in Resident Evil 2. So everything kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, okay. And then the other... Oh, I just forgot what, it, what the other one that I wanted to talk about was. Well, I'll mention the storybook that the game opens up with. Oh, yeah very integral part to the to the game yeah. uh, you find out pretty much as you're playing that everything that was in that book in that fairy tale is you know about the journey you go on right so um yeah that was that was pretty cool to see too yeah um i forget and it was fucking important i should have wrote it down maybe i'll remember it as we talk anyway so the prologue ends um and then you go into the village for the very first time and you are presented with a fucking ridiculous sequence that's not possible where you're just fucking running around this village and there's werewolves everywhere yep crazy scary one of the scariest parts in the game yeah um they're terrifying these lichens they're mm -hmm. not good at all and they will fuck you up uh you make your way you find other people you find this girl uh, her dad is is injured, mm -hmm. and they need they need help, and you got to get them inside this like stronghold house uh, to keep them safe. Well, wouldn't you know it? Everyone in that house is bad, and so is the dad because the dad starts turning into a fucking lichen. Mm -hmm. Which, Josh, now that I'm thinking about it, you don't turn into lichens by getting bit by lichens by like a werewolf. Mm -hmm. It's all by experiments. So was her dad always going to be a lichen? Was he, you know what I mean? I don't know. I didn't think at the time you're like, oh, we got attacked. And now he's turning into one. Right. You're, you're, you're probably right, though. I didn't think about that too much when it was happening, but you're right. Um, yeah. Clearly. or And you know what? Um, the one, the lady's house that you go into that kind of shelters you very briefly um, before everything hits the fam. She said, Mother Miranda has always protected us. So I wonder if they kind of all didn't have it in them, right? Or were experimented on at some point and then like Miranda kind of suppressed it somehow. Um, because clearly something happened, which we know has to do with Rose and Ethan's baby, right? This whole grandiose plan that she's had since fucking the beginning, the inception, which we'll get to, um, you know, probably propelled that. So I, yeah, you're probably right that he might have yeah. always had that and then something happened where you know now he's turning yeah well her dad turns into a fucking lichen and attacks everybody <laughs> the house catches on fire mm -hmm. very bad ethan escapes and he's like why does everyone i you know come across die yeah and i will say up to that point brett i was like wow is this not good like is this i didn't yeah. i wasn't loving what i was seeing and it's twofold one you didn't get a lot of actual playtime besides the one village sequence, which is impossible. 
um, to beat the first playthrough, I feel like, which is, it's purpose. Yeah. It's purposely designed that way. And I, I, I don't know why in the moment I was thinking that I needed to kill everybody, but I just felt like I have no ammo. This is ridiculous. How the fuck am I supposed to beat this? And it actually made me lower the difficulty because I died at one point. That is one of the biggest gripes I have with the whole game is there are so many sections where you're not sure whether or not you're supposed to be killing something or if you're just supposed to survive. Right. Which is waste ammo. Exactly, exactly. Which is an issue because, you know, I would have rather it just been a cutscene. Although, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on that. But anyway, and up until that point where you like jump out the window, right? After the hot house burns down and all that's fucked. And I'm like, damn, the voice acting from Ethan is not good. Like, it's not good, right? And I was like, is it a bit? Is he like doing a bit? Is it like supposed to be like on the nose like that? And I think after a, like another hour or so with the game, I'm like, okay, it's definitely a bit. It's supposed to be like that. It's so ridiculous because he's getting fucked so hard all the time by literally everything, which at the end of the game was like the whole point of it, right? Was like the entire point. So. No, absolutely. Um, so moving forward, you know, you finally make it to uh, the castle, Dimitrisk, um, and you get captured by Heisenberg, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Heisenberg takes you to Mother Miranda, and you're met with Mother Miranda, you're met with uh, Lady Dimitrisk, you're met with Heisenberg, you're met with uh, the doll lady, who I don't remember her name. Um, Moran uh, Donna? Sure. And you're met with uh, Moreau. Right. Who is a abomination of a creature. Yes. And pretty much Mother Miranda says, all right, well, I'm going to leave you to Heisenberg. He's in charge. He's going to kill you, basically. And everyone's mm -hmm. pissed off because they wanted to kill you. Mm -hmm. You do this section where you, you're you just running throughout the whole thing. I thought that was a pretty cool section where you're just running away from everything as it's crashing right. down on with, you. As you're handcuffed. Yes, as you're handcuffed. Mm -hmm. And there was a segment there that really pissed me off where this wall was coming towards you and oh, I didn't yeah. know what the fuck I was supposed to do. Uh, I died probably five times. You got to tuck in the little corner. Yeah. 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 So that really pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, and then finally what happens you, after you escape, then you happens? get, you get into the castle. So you, 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 just, you escape and you go up through the catacombs uh, into the castle. Okay. For the first so time. Josh castle, you know, we played it in the demo, right? I thought I was going to be spending a majority of my game here. Yeah. Like Resident Evil 7, where yeah. you're in the house and it just expands and expands and expands. Right. Uh, this thing was like a fucking labyrinth. Mm -hmm. And every time I would unlock a new area, I would be like, shit, man, I got to go explore something else and come back and explore right. this. I really like the castle. And I thought, like I said, I was going to be spending most of my time here until I started killing Dimitrisk's daughters. Like mm -hmm. it was fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, like they were water, dude. Like, like fucking nothing. literally like one after another after another. And I was like, damn, is this game that short? Mm -hmm. And then I finally, I mean, I'm skipping over a lot here, but you finally get to the fight with Dimitrisk. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she's not going to die here, is she? She fucking died. Yeah, you kill her. But by the way, her fucking boss design was fucking slick. It was it not was. good looking. Like it yeah. literally that. So the whole castle part, right, felt like you're playing like a Dark Souls game. And then especially the fight with her on the roof. I'm like, this is a fucking Dark Souls game with guns, dude. Like, that's exactly what this is. And it's so slick. And there's, you know, different. She has different, obviously, stages. And then you crash through everything. Right. And then you get this little fucking jizzy looking vial 
and you're like, what the fuck is this? It opens up, and then you can go back to the village. Is there anything else you want to talk about in the castle before we continue? I mean, it was it was slick, but I don't... I just thought I was going to be spending most of the game there, and yeah. it was that was it. I just think it's funny about how hyped people got over Dimitrisk, and then she's in the game for like, I don't know, the first two hours? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. You kill her. She's done. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's more so people's hype and then the marketing machine kind of capitalizing on that. Mm. But she served her purpose. She's cool. Um, you find out some interesting stuff between her and Heisenberg as well. Um, but she's she, they all she's just fodder essentially. There's four of them. Yeah, and it's the four we saw previously in the in the room where right. you're meeting Mother Miranda for the first time. Right. So so you get done the castle. You go out. You go back to the Duke, and the Duke's like, hey, like, brush that jizz off on there, son. Um, and then you find out that you're literally holding the amalgamation of Rosemary, your daughter's head, in this little vial. And then you can take it, and you there's this altar part where the Duke is now, which leads back to the village. But there's, like, four little sections in it with the umbrella logo in the middle. And you can put the vials in the there right and the duke's like yeah you got to get all the vials to put her back together and then do some sort of fucking ritual thing or whatever yep but um it so means that there's four different areas you have to go to four right. different bosses you have to kill essentially to get them right um which the game establishes very early on and then you realize okay that's that's what this is it's going to be me tracking down these you know i don't know these fucking leaders or whatever, right, of this area that are all related to Mother Miranda, um, part of her family, which is a very loose term. Um, and yep. then you got to go basically collect them. So you get back. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say I love how each area was so different. Mm -hmm. And I love how it was all connected to the center. Again, it was like the Dark Souls right. thing where you go down a path, you're in a completely different area. You know, it leads back to the to the village again so right. um every area the what was it the the house where the dolls were mm -hmm. the castle um the bayou area mm -hmm. with uh moreau mm -hmm. and the factory everything felt and looked different and yeah it was fun to like when you finally got there you're like oh shit what am i about to get into right kind of thing so you do the castle, you come back, you talk with the Duke, you do the altar, you visit the village for the second time, the Duke makes you go get a key thing, and then you come back, and then you have the next key to go to the next area. You go to the next area, and it's House Beneviento. Um, it's this house, you go in, there's dolls, it's bad looking, and then you go to like the fucking depths of this house. And then what so I know, Well, I know that you're deathly afraid of... of things like chucky mm -hmm. uh, and dolls so i know that this kind of fucked you up yeah well bef before that though when you first get in there it's not terrible i'm like oh there's some bad looking dolls here i don't like it yeah and you, you did see the one doll right because donna was called the doll maker or whatever it is you saw that in like the scene a couple before where you're meeting all these characters right that you're about to go fight um yeah. and she has a very bad very bad looking and sounding doll they're annie it's called it's bad right Angie, mm -hmm. very, very bad. And there's a picture on the stairs in the house when I got in there the first time I was exploring it. And it's Donna and Angie. And Angie looks so fucking bad in that picture. I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's terrible. I hope I don't have to fucking deal with her, which we'll get to. So you explore the house. Eventually you find a way to the basement 
you get to like this basement level, you go in and there is a mannequin with all different parts on it on it's this Mia. table in the basement. Right. Which there's a picture next to it of Mia. And then you basically for the next 20 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes, are taking apart this mannequin, finding different items to take parts of the mannequin off. You get film strips and you get this radio communication constantly over and over and over again. It's an escape room. It, it's, it's, exactly. It's an escape room. And I actually really loved this section. Um, I, I could see that people might not like it because it's basically just one big puzzle section. But I love it in the sense that, first of all, it's a nice break, right, from the action-heavy stuff that you just did, right? Yeah. And then you come through here, you have to kind of use your brain – a little bit. It's not anything too complicated or crazy. You do some exploring. You find out a lot of stuff about Mia. You find out like, wow, Mia kind of sounds like she's not good, right? Like she's why holding something from you? Yeah, like she's trying to hide something. Like why would she do this? Why would she like risk our kid? Like all, like all this stuff. You start asking yourself a lot of questions. You, there's film strips, and then you you do this whole thing, and then Brett, it literally turns into the demo. First of all, it feels like PT, and then it literally turns into the fucking, like, the Silent Hills. Remember that, like, teaser trailer or whatever with, like, the, um, the, that, some, the thing chasing you through the hallways or whatever? It literally turns into that where there's just this big abomination fetus, fetus chasing you around. That was actually one of the scariest parts in the whole game for me. Yeah. And it's, first of all, it's revealed so well. Right? Like you think, okay, I'm done. I got everything I need to. I have this fucking fuse key. I'm going to go back up and I take the elevator back up. Um, and then that's it. You start walking up the stairs. You start walking up the stairs to go. And you hear a fucking cry. And then just this monstrosity abomination starts chasing you. And it's on. And it's disgusting. It looks bad. And it's so dark. It sounds bad. Yeah, that I think that this chapter, right, with Anna or Donna and Angie, the house, Bianviento, all of it with the baby is like actually scary. Like this is like the horror section of the game. I would agree. Um, but the baby chases you around. And then eventually I forget what happens to the baby. You kill well, it. You get an elevator. All right. You escape it and leave it down there. And then the next part of the game is just worse. Um, you're in a room just with dolls everywhere. And Angie is basically like, find me. And you have to go around and find her. Right. Uh, and if you don't find her in time, these dolls will get up and literally attack you. Yeah. Um, this section of the game. Uh, almost, I feel like I was having a constant anxi anxiety attack playing this section of the game. Like, I was so sweaty. My heart was pounding. I wanted to, like, not look at the screen. I was running around, screaming, like, ready to cry. Like, I was not good playing this section. Um, I really don't like dolls. There's not a lot of things in horror that, like, fuck me up, like, legitimately scare me. Um, dolls, I can't do. And this tapped into my fear of dolls so well, I was like shaking playing this section of the game. I wanted it to be done and over. I was so tired of it. It was terrible. It was awful. For me, it was just like, these things are fucking annoying and she's fucking annoying and I want to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> and you do. You fucking stab her over and over again in the head with scissors. But like the doll's heads are shaking and they're moving. They're contorting weird. The laughs, the sounds. It's, it's a legitimately frightening sequence. Well, you later find out that 
Donna's true power is like psychic powers. Right. Um, and she causes other people to have hallucinations. So you find right. out that really everything was a hallucination. Um, the dolls, however, were alive and she was controlling them by putting the, um, what is it called? The little critter, a little creature inside the doll's right. head. Um, and that's how the dolls were actually moving around and whatnot. Right. So you finish the dolls, you leave the house, you go back to the village for the third time. Yep. Um, and then there's another little conversation with the Duke. He gives you like some comment. He's playing with the fucking doll um, when you go back. And then you can go to the graveyard and get this piece. And then this is, so this is an optional part, but I know we both did it. You get this piece to kind of go put back on a gravestone in that same area where the house was. To get and, a treasure. Right, to get a treasure. And you fight this fucking big fucking thing with a hammer. Yep. It was hard. <laughs> it was very hard. I had not a good time with it. I just shot him over and over and over again in the head with a sniper. You could kind of che not. cheese him on the path. Yeah. Like you could lead him up the path back and forth, but yeah, he was not fun. I did not have a good time with him. Um, and I found that the, what you get out of it was not really worth it, but no. it was a side boss and it was cool to fight him. So. Yeah. Um, so then you do that. And then the next one is Moreau, right? Which is like this windmill swampy area and holy fuck, man, this, I think this next boss fight in Moreau's area at the end of it is probably the hardest in the game. Really? Um, yeah, I just feel like the the acidic jizz that rains down from the heavens really fucked me up. Um, I don't know. I actually had no problem at all. I beat it my first try. Yeah. Um, no, I did no too. I'm just saying comparatively, I feel like it might have been the hardest. Gotcha. For me. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so you, so you go in there, there's this windmill, you have to get this cog thing that you've been, you know, you, you found other areas in the game that need it. Um, you go through it and then you're on the swamp and basically there's like this chase sequence, right? Slash on the fly puzzle that you have to solve while you're running through the swamps with all these different, you know, platforms and, you know, piers and boards and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh wait, didn't I miss, there was a section before that, right? Where you're underground and there's a boat or is that after yeah no that you're that was before it's a it's a really short small section it's not really worth mentioning mm -hmm. um you basically find moreau and you grab the last or the third flask right 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 with rosemary in it um and then you get to a section where moreau transforms into the giant fish right which you later find out that he has no control over when it happens it just happens mm -hmm. and he turns into a giant fucking monster fish very similar to delago from resident evil 4 yeah, which now thinking back, I mean, we're, we'll get to it because this is the next section, but thinking or the the insinuation that kind of Mother Miranda has been involved with all of this shit since the very outset of the initial, yep. you know, outbreak and all of it um, is interesting also, to think about. Yeah, and you also discover that Moreau, well, actually, were the notes, no, the notes were from Moreau. He was experimenting on the villagers and putting right. things inside of them and turning them into lichens right. and trying to do stuff for Mother Miranda to gain her love and admiration. Right. Hang on to that. because That's an interesting point right there, too, which we'll talk about more with Heisenberg. Um, yep. But anyway, so, yeah, you, you do that. You find a boat. You go through this thing. You solve the puzzle. There's the chase sequence with the, the fucking abomination fish. You get through all that. You get the thing that you need, and then you fight Moreau. 
Um, and it's not good. It's like a very confined boss arena with a lot of destructible stuff. She or he, whatever, it fucking shoots jizz at you from forward, from the sky. It charges you. It's not good. Not good. You fight Moreau, and then you go back to the village uh, for the fourth time. Right? Yeah, and you actually get a message from um, Heisenberg, and he's like, yo, man, like we can work right. together. I'll give you the fucking flats with your daughter in it. Just come see me. Right. So you go back to the village, you fight a couple of lichens, mm-hmm. and eventually you find yourself at the factory. Right. Um, there is a interesting part before the factory, though, that side path. Yeah. Uh, with the, um, the fuck was it? The mill or whatever it was. The the part where there's like the second, you know, mini boss. The left path. The, right the left path. path. Yeah, whatever it's called. There's a treasure in there, but there was... The, uh, the note in there i remember there being something important about the note that was in there and i can't remember i should have written it written it down beforehand but i read that note and i was like oh that's that's really interesting and oh I forget it, was, what it was it was a lab it was the secret lab of moreau in that village in that side village where the werewolf attacks you the big werewolf, yeah yeah and all those crows you find mm-hmm. a note that basically says that this was his lab mm-hmm. um so yeah uh but anyway then you go to heisenberg's factory and i I've seen a lot of criticism about the factory. I think the factory is really fucking cool. Um, yeah, I think I it's super... Lost. Really? Yeah, I got lost okay. there, and it, it really triggered me. I think it's super distinct from the other areas. Like, all the areas are distinct, but I think this one especially is so different. You know? It's huge. It's fucking huge. It is big. The level is fucking huge. They do a lot of cool stuff with, you know, you basically you start at the very bottom, and you have to work your way up. Mm-hmm. Um, where I got stuck was instead of outright giving you items, they give you the molds where you have to right. actually melt the the metal to create it. And at one point, you're in a completely new area, and they give you two molds, and they want you to go all the way back to the thing. Mm-hmm. Dude, I got lost. I could not figure out how to get to. It really? was like B M B four or four B M or something like. I could not find out where the fuck that thing was, but I I did it. Obviously. Um, there's some really cool enemies and a progression of enemies that you see um, as Heisenberg is experimenting with these people. At first, you just see, you know, the typical little pleb enemies that you saw at Castle Dimitrisk, but they have little things on their heads. Mm-hmm. Then you come across dudes that have like giant things on their arms and you have to shoot their chests. Right. And then all of a sudden they have armor mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they fucking have rockets. And <laughs> eventually you fight the giant wind turbine yeah right before that though you have a very cool conversation with heisenberg that's right before he punches down now i want to say this i think heisenberg might be my favorite character in the game um and that's not necessarily that he's the most important or the most intriguing his voice actor just fucking kills it in my opinion and he's so like charismatic and intriguing right and you really i think out of all of the um bosses right these the children the whatever you want to call them i think he's the most interesting and the most quote-unquote fleshed out he's also in the game the longest which makes sense um you know i know like dimitris like likes liked her daughters and there was that whole thing and she gets pissed off when you kill him blah, blah, whatever but he is like really intriguing because you like it makes you like sympathize or understand him for a minute where he's like hey like 
like i didn't choose this like she's like mother miranda's fucked up like she forced us all into this like she makes us compete for her like power or like law like all this crap he's like yo let's let's fucking team up yo and like let's go fucking take her out uh you know you can have your daughter i don't give a shit but like he's gonna use i'm gonna use your daughter to do so (laughs) yeah it's like why would Ethan agree to that? Um, but it's it's really, really interesting, and he gives you a lot of backstory. Um, and then when Ethan's like, yeah, no, he's like, all right, yo, I fucking offered it to you. He, he goes to push you down the thing. He's like, one more chance, brother. I nah? love that segment. Nah? All right. I love that segment because not only is he like, all right, fine, you don't want to do it. He kicks you. He grabs you and holds on to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is your last chance. And Ethan's like, just fucking like let me go and ethan lets go yeah and the only thing holding him up from falling is heisenberg right and heisenberg is like all right well you don't want to know what the fuck's down there then and he just lets he lets him yeah. go yeah um so you do that you fight this fucking abomination thing which is just like a mini boss in hindsight um through this like really tight corridor and he fucking breaks walls and shit um yeah. and then you after have to use him to make that arena bigger really essentially yeah um yeah so you handle him and then you go out and who's there chris redfield mr chris redfield and Who holy shit decides to tell you what the fuck is going this this on. all could have been avoided if chris would have just <laughs> said something at the beginning of the game um so you talk to chris he's making this fucking thing yeah. i don't know what you want to call it but it's slick it's a vehicle of some sort the vehicle that you were going to use in a minute but anyway you so you talk to chris he gives you a lot of like expository dialogue about what's going on why he did it you know that it wasn't really mia he is not dead me is not dead like it's mother miranda being a fucking bitch um all this other stuff um but what's interesting thinking back now to this sequence right is how much chris is like Ethan, I just kind of want you to stay out of this. Like, you have no business being here, whatever it is. Comparing it to how little each of them kind of knew about the other one at that moment. Because Chris knows, like, all the information about me and, like, Mother Miranda and stuff like that. But, like... Eve and Rosemary and everything. Right. right. But Ethan is, like, going through his own thing, right? He has been there fighting. Like, he knows how to handle all of them now. But also, he's, like... Uh invincible <laughs> like yeah my man literally. can't be killed he literally had his arm chopped off he fucking stuck it back on with some spit like yep. he's gonna get his heart ripped out anyway so so you do that and chris is like whatever like try not to cause a ruckus even though he gives you something with fucking rocket launcher and a machine gun on it and a, it's just so ridiculous man yep uh you get on that thing you, you go out you're fighting some shit and then you have the heisenberg boss fight Really cool boss fight. Awesome boss fight. Such a slick boss fight. First of all, using that thing was such a nice change of pace. Um, yeah. And just fucking him up. And then it gets screwed. Like, he, you get knocked off of it at one part. And then you're fighting him a little bit with guns. And he picks and you up. in the air. Yeah. He you picks you up. On the thing. He, like, puts you in, like, a tornado thing. And then you, like, get back in the thing, like you said. And then you, like, he, like, catches it. And you just fuck him up with the dude the parts where you're above him just shooting down are so slick yeah they were so cool yeah it's um like like, to your point way back at the beginning of our conversation like some of the set pieces and stuff like that were really 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 nicely done but it didn't like dominate that fight you know what i mean like there was a lot of elements to it um very very varied kind of fight within 
the fight itself, which is cool. Yeah, so then you kill Heisenberg. Yep. And Miranda shows up. Yep. And it's revealed that not only, well, it was already revealed, but it was revealed that Mia, that you saw in the beginning of the game, was Miranda. Right. Living in your house with you. And also the old woman, the old hag that you've been seeing throughout the whole game was Miranda as well. Right. Which is an interesting reveal. Very similar. I don't know if you remember this, Josh, but in Resident Evil 7, there's an old lady in a wheelchair. And oh, that yeah. the whole time was actually Eve. That's right. Um, so that was pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, so you find out all this stuff about Miranda. She's basically like, listen, I had a daughter that died from the Spanish flu. Um, Christian's in the chat. We're muted, so he can't hear us. But um, we're still doing spoilers, so don't listen. This is actually probably the biggest spoiler part in the yeah, whole We're thing. literally at the very end of the game. Stay away. Um, so yeah, Miranda reveals that she had a daughter, died of the Spanish flu, and she's doing all of this, literally everything. Everything she's doing in the village, all these experiments she's done, is to bring back her daughter. And she's going to use Rosemary right. uh, to do it. As a vessel for yeah. it. So you find out, um, well, let's let's move on. Let's talk about the yeah. Chris segment. And so, so well, well, first of all, you get your still beating heart ripped out. Oh, yeah, you die. Ethan dies. Yeah. Ethan Winters dies. Yeah. Kind of. He literally has a still, like, my jaw was, like, on the floor. I was like, okay, yep. this game is making, like, very distinctive choices about where the franchise is going. It even still, goes third person. Yeah. Which is very, the first time in the entire game that it does that which is cool because yep. he's dead. It's almost like an out-of-body experience. Yep. Uh, so yeah. you have that, and then you're playing as Chris Redfield. In a really fucking awesome segment. Dude, it... Dude, okay, so when I when I started that segment, I was like, I feel like I'm playing like a Modern Warfare campaign right yes, now. Yes, yes. Like, that's exactly what it felt like. Like, I it remember... Straight out of Modern Warfare. Like, dude, you walk up to the edge, there's a yeah, dude already looking over Yeah, it. the fucking town is on fire, and you're like... yes. All right, we gotta go in and take out these fucking motherfuckers. Um, yes, and it's just like I was like, oh, I'm playing a Modern Warfare campaign now, and this segment, dude, this is one of the best segments in the entire game. Chris is fucking locked, stocked, ready to fuck, dude. He is fucking loaded. You have so much ammo, and the weapons that you have are fucking way power more powerful than anything you've used prior. They make you feel so powerful and overpowered. It's yeah. just so much fun because you, you're, you know, the odds are stacked against you the whole game, and right. finally they're like, "Fuck it, dude, kill everything, yeah. do it." So, you, so you go through the. First of all, I love the verbiage that Chris and his like team uses um, about like they call them bioweapons. Like yes. they they use very distinctive like um, almost militaristic terminology for their crew, which I really appreciate. Before you go in the village, there's like what, what was the there's this organization dropping in as well called yeah. B B BDSM or something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll call them uh, yeah BDSM for short. I don't. And they're sending soldiers in. Soldiers in, which we'll get back to. So anyway, you go through the village, you fuck everything up. You're just fucking the castle. Just it's all you just the mold. It's all fucked. So you get through this whole section, you're fighting lichens, you get to this area where you see, you know, Mother Miranda's fucking, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the, the mice, um, 
Megamycete. Megamycete, uh, like all over the place. And you have this fucking, you know, targeter or whatever straight out of Modern Warfare that calls in like the fucking Hammer of Dawn from Gears of War. And you just fuck all these things up. You fuck the lichens <clears throat> up. You go through and then you get underground, um, which I thought this was really interesting because I was like, I was literally here earlier in the game and I couldn't do anything about it. Like, it's like the, that little hidden section I was telling you about when we were oh, in. Yeah, with the, it looks like a tree. There's like yeah. vines everywhere. I was like, yeah. yeah, this tree is moving. Can I fucking kill it? Like way earlier in the game. Turns out it was the mold. Right. And you, which it's so hard. It's so dark when you see it. It's like you, you wouldn't have really been able to tell. But anyway, so you get down there and then you get like to like this layer, this labyrinth or whatever. And it's right before you rescue Mia, right? You find the real Mia as Chris, but dude. The implications from all of the notes in this lab are yep. monumental for the franchise of Resident Evil. Like, literally earth-shattering. Earth-shattering realizations for the so franchise. Let's, let's start from the beginning. So, you first find these books that basically describe each of the four children and what their powers are. Which is cool to see because it, it puts you on like a... Uh, you, you have the knowledge now to know like what makes them tick why right. what is so special about all of them right following that you find pictures of miranda mm -hmm. when she was a scientist uh working in the lab creating eve right um which i guess was her plan all along to try to bring her daughter back she was working on creating eve mm -hmm. um so you see a bunch of pictures of her with eve and a bunch of pictures of her in the lab with her you know fellow um, lab mates mm -hmm. and then josh you find a letter mm-hmm this is this is the letter period so what is it uh from uh what's his name oh my god i literally just his name just exited my mind he's the the creator of umbrella umbrella fucking fuck man it's it's also escaping me spencer he's, yeah spencer spencer yeah um guess what folks miranda was there from the beginning and it's more than a little insinuated that she's the cause, the reason, the research, like it's from so, her. So yeah, so she, after her daughter dies, she goes into a cave underground to try to kill herself mm -hmm. and she discovers the Megamycete. Mm -hmm. uh, her and Spencer become like partners investigating the Megamycete and what they could do with it because she wants to use it to bring her daughter back. Right. Spencer wants to use it to, you know, find the next level of human evolution. Right. Um, they both kind of go off on their own paths. Right. And the letter that Spencer leaves to Miranda is essentially saying, like, you know, I'm sorry, I kind of just disappeared. Right. I went off and started my own company called Umbrella based on the logo or based on that symbol. Right. Uh, that was underground. Um, and I know you had your own idea for what we could do with this stuff, but I have my own. Right. And we're actually working on something right now, which ended up being um, everything that happened at Umbrella. Yeah, literally the franchise, <laughs> like the zombies, like everything. So, yeah. like, uh, it's so. So here, here's what I love most about this part, right? You can walk through all of that, and you can miss all of that. Oh yeah, you could not like see any of that. Now, most people will probably look at it, right? But it's so. It, it there, there's such great environmental and interactive storytelling with stuff like this in this game, where it's like every piece of lore and note that you find feels way weightier and more critical than anything like else in the franchise really like as far as like that like notes in horror games like this and 
like lore is not new but i feel like what is new is the level of detail and care and like threadingness of all of them that happen with this and it's a really ingenious way of giving a lot of expository information right to set up what is going to come in the future and explain what came in the past without actually just having characters deluge information to you that's right that's right there's so many moments that are like that in this game um by the way chris does make a comment after you read that note he's yes like, spencer yeah what the what the fuck right um but yeah there's so many notes that explain things like or even just lines of dialogue that are like throwaway like they they say hey sir we tested the the mold here it's completely different from the mold that was at the baker residence right it started here right so it's the origin this everything that's here this is where it all started right um so you know folks that played resident evil 7 and they're like what is this mold shit these aren't zombies what is this this has nothing to do with resident evil this game solidified resident evil 7 and made it all make sense and made it a better game i agree i 100 agree with you um so. it's just it, it's so it's so awesome we could talk about that that forever um, yeah. But anyway, so that is then you rescue Mia, the real Mia. You find out, obviously, again, confirms that the one in the house was Miranda, which is why Chris fucking obliterates her in the beginning of the game. Um, and then you, but, re you rescue Mia. Go ahead. But Chris asks, or she asks Chris, right? Where's Ethan? Right. And Chris tells her Ethan's dead. And she's like, well. <laughs> Not really. There's something that I've been kind yeah. of holding from you. Yeah. What you don't know is that Ethan is special. Right. And that is, in my opinion, what Mia has been hiding from Ethan as well. Mm -hmm. Because Ethan himself didn't even know. Correct. So throughout the game, you're being told that Mia's hiding a secret. Right. And, you know, I speculated that she was Mother Miranda. Right. Or, you know, there was all these there theories of what she was possibly holding. In the end, it was that Ethan is unkillable. Yeah. He's made of mold. Yeah, he's literally, he died. he's more mold than man. Exactly. He <laughs> died at the Baker residence in 2017. Yeah. And now he is just invincible. Right. He's made of mold. Right. So. so there's that. You rescue Mia, you get out, you drop her off at this helicopter thing. Oh, wait. Well, then, well, hang then on. it goes there's... to like a dreamlike sequence. You're right. Yeah. Um. Ethan wakes up. No that's arm? right that's right that's right i was like i'm, I'm forgetting a, a thread here but yeah you wake up as as ethan with a dream sequence eve. with eve which yep. from resident evil 7 obviously and eve's like dude you're not human yeah and that's when ethan discovers that he died and he is mold that's right and i thought actually josh before they said he was all mold i thought he was going to turn into a resident evil zombie and you were going to play a zombie ethan that'd be cool too um, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Because he starts waking up and his hands start turning black. Yeah. I thought he was going to walk over to like a river or something and look and his reflection would be a zombie. And I was like, oh, shit. But mm. no, he's just like you said, more mold than man. Yeah. Uh, and then you wake up after the dream sequence in the back of the Duke's carriage. Uh, and he's taking you back to the village, back to the altar. The village is fucked. <laughs> Which, by the way, you ask Duke, who the fuck are you and what are you? And Duke's just like. I don't fucking know, yo. We don't got time yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> they just never reveal. Yeah. But what clearly he has is. he has ties. Like he made a deal with Mother Miranda, clearly, to be able to operate in the area. Like he yep. knows the merchant. Like he made a comment and he was like, What are you buying? Huh? Ha <laughs> ha. It's just something an old friend told me or used yep. to say, whatever. Like, so clearly he has ties to everything. Um, yep. but yeah, you ask him, he's like, 
It's like, I don't fucking know you. <laughs> like, and that's it. Yep. That's fine. doesn't matter. Um, so then you get out. You can purchase one last thing from some stuff from him. And then you go and you fight Mother Miranda. Yeah, it's a pretty long boss fight. She takes a lot of hits. Yeah. She has a lot of different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a spider one. There's one where she has wings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's she's pretty hard to kill. Yeah. But all you need is the sniper rifle and a lot of ammo. Yeah. Uh, that's literally the only gun I used in her fight. Um, so you kill Miranda, and in her spot, Rose is there. Right. Pick up Rose, and you start leaving. You meet up with Chris. And that's when it goes into third person again. And Ethan is basically like, we killed each other there. I can't, I'm going to die. I can't do this. Right. As um, he, as he starts walking away or leaving like the area, right. Cause she's dead. He's like, you, like his hand starts like deteriorate or like almost freeze and crumble similar to like every other boss and like the sisters and all of that, like yep. that came before. So clearly he was tied to Miranda, right. Yeah. Which cause she was tied to all the mold and all of that stuff and eve yeah and eve yeah so he basically says hey chris you know take care of my daughter raise her well you know do what you got to do and he steals the igniter for the uh, bomb that is on the mega my seat uh giant fetus chris is like ethan what are you doing he argues a little bit but in the end ethan walks away with the explosive chris gets on the helicopter with the baby gives it to to mia and mia's like where the fuck's my husband Blah, blah 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 and you know they take off Ethan pulls the trigger, the whole place blows up. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the game. That is the end of the game. But until wait, no, 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 no. You missed one other thing, too. What's that? The inf- oh, yeah, you're right. The information about the soldiers, right? This company, the BDSM organization, whatever it is, are using the soldiers that they dropped off in the town were zombies. They're bioweapons. They're bioweapons. So Those umbrellas caused the whole time right. was to try to create soldiers that could fight right and eve herself was actually i I did some research josh eve herself was supposed to be a bioweapon that let you win conflict without fighting because she would be able to use psychic powers and mind control in order to take over the enemy Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't be able to fight they would just submit um so the whole game is about trying to create these bioweapons that help you win in combat and one of the most basic forms of that the zombie from resident evil uh is out, out there fighting in a war, I guess, against this mega Mycete thing. So. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> um, and then then there's credits. Uh, the storybook right. plays again. Which is slick with a song yeah. cover of the storybook telling, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And then there's a post-credit scene. And this post-credit scene, first of all, huge implications, fucking yeah. mind-blowing shit, and also made me choke up a little bit. So yeah, so Rosemary is an adult now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like 2030 something. Yeah. And Rosemary is visiting her dad's grave. She still has the, the little book, the storybook, and she's wearing her dad's jacket, which he gave her before he, he left and killed himself. Um, and she says she visits, visits every year on Ethan's birthday. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a like CIA operative is like, hey, you know, we found her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, you need to come with me. And he calls her Eve or Evelyn, mm-hmm. right? And which pisses her off because she does not want to be associated with that at all. Right. But she clearly knows what happened. She knows everything that happened at the Baker house. Right. She knows everything that happened in the village. Right. And she basically says like, I have powers that even um, Chris. Chris doesn't know I have. Yeah. Which is telling. So she has powers. 
Probably psychic she, powers. Yes. And she gets in the car and drives away with the and to go take care of something. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, you see the car stops and someone approaches the car. Mm-hmm. No idea who that is. Yeah. Could be Chris. No. Idea. Could be somebody else. Could be Chris. Yeah. Who knows? So this is interesting, right? Because I feel like moving forward, right, with the franchise, they created a launch pad of where the story can go, right? Chris is, is going to be older now, right? Like you said in like our private texts or whatever. I could yep. see you playing as Chris partially, or maybe Chris is just like, you know, uh, uh, one of the main characters now, right? Because clearly Rose is like powerful. Clearly she's some sort of operative, like an asset that is in use trying to fight probably that other organization, right? Or whatever it is that's going on, however it's evolved. Because it's so many years later, we don't know yet. So it's interesting. I mean- they have Rosemary like working as an operative because right. of her powers and stuff. So right. clearly there's something, there's some conflict going yeah. on. It could be cool if you play as Rose and have powers. Like you could do interesting stuff, I think, some with the Bioshock fran- shit. Yeah, you could do some really interesting stuff with the franchise um, while also maybe playing as Chris and more traditional elements. Um, I don't know. Yep. But what I do know, Brett, is that I am excited for everything that this game set up, explained, and did. Yeah. And I hope that we get some DLC, mm-hmm. which we probably will, because Resident Evil 7 had a lot of DLC. Um, I hope that this whole thing with Rose is not just DLC, and they, they do flesh it out as its own game. I agree. Um, I don't want just... She's got to take over the mantle. Yeah, I, wanna, I want this to be Resident Evil 9, and you play as Rose. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to just be a DLC thing. But there are some cool opportunities for the DLC. There's there's prequel stuff they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's escape room style stuff like yeah. the um, house Beneviento. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot they could do. Yeah. Well, that comes to the end of our spoiler section. So yep. let's transition out of that. Spoilers are over. If you're back with us after the spoiler section, beat the game first and then go watch that. I don't know. 45 minutes or 50 minutes that we just talked about spoilers um so yeah we are excited given everything that we just discussed with where the franchise could go in the future um absolutely love this game brett final thoughts things that you want to say before we wrap up i had a great time with it um if you're my friend and you're watching this definitely get it because you know we all probably share the same interests and stuff you're gonna love it if you're a viewer and you you know you've never seen our channel before and you're you're questioning it give it a shot if you play resident evil 7 mm-hmm. um and if you know you're a subscriber of ours and you're a huge resident evil fan it's a no fucking brainer you're gonna love this game mm-hmm. it exceeded my expectations i had a lot of fun with it mm-hmm. and i'm really excited like you to see where the resident evil franchise goes from here that's right well, everybody, that will do it for Hapticast episode 40, our live review discussion of Resident Evil Village. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you share it with your friends. Follow us on all of our social medias, um, Twitter especially. Christian says in the chat, so buy the game no matter what. That's right. Buy the game. If you're not poor, yes. If you can afford it, buy the game no matter what. You'll have a good time, especially if you're a Resident Evil fan or have played Resident Evil 7. We love you. We appreciate you. Do all of that YouTube shit. And we will see you guys all next week for another episode of Hapticast. Goodbye, everybody. Later. See you later.